Habakkuk 2 and 2 says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he who reads it can run with it. The vision is yet for an appointed time, but it will not tarry. And though it tarries, wait for it because it will come to pass. So the next thing you need is you need a plan. If you go into this year with no plan, I promise you, you won't get some of the things done that you were designed to do this year. You know that statistically, you know, I train a lot of pastors. I have a, a, another ministry called Church Trainer that I've had for over 25 years. And that ministry, all we do is train pastors. And one of the things that I've learned in the research that I've done for pastors is that only 3% of pastors ever create a goal for their church. 3% of all pastors set goals for the year for their church. And do you know how many of those 3% usually fulfill almost all those goals? 100% of them. But 97% of them have no goals, zero goals. So what are you gonna do? God's taken the time to let us circle the sun again. We're here, it's new, we're in the beginning, we're in another Genesis, what are you gonna do with it? What is your plan? Well, what kind of things, Dr. B, do you think I should be planning for? Well, how about places you wanna go? I had somebody, um, I had somebody come to me three years ago and said, my life's dream is to go to Israel. And I said, well, how much money do you have saved up for it? Well, well nothing then you don't want to go to Israel. You don't really want to go to Israel. You just, what do you mean? No, you don't, that's not your life's dream. If it was your life's dream, you'd have a savings account somewhere that said Israel on it. But that's really not your life's dream. Well, it is. I said, then start your bank account. They don't only saved up enough money for them, but also a family member to go, and I got to lead them to Israel in November. This last year, I got to take both of them on a trip because three years ago, they started saving money to go to Israel. That's a plan. If you don't have a plan, you know, you, 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 you fail to plan because you don't, or you, you, I don't know how that goes. Anyway, let's, somebody else, talk to somebody at AA. They'll tell you all about it. Plan your work and work your plan, something like that. Anyway, forget it, it's not, it's not relevant tonight. Okay, places you need to go. Some of you need to visit some graves. I've had to do that a few times in my life. I had to write letters to people that were already gone just to get unforgiveness out of my heart. Some of you need to go to wonderful places. Some of you haven't had a family vacation in a long time. It's my life dream. Where's your savings account? You gotta do it. It's too important. You gotta do it. Some of you need to put on there not just places, but people. Some of you have some dear friends in your life that you haven't connected with in years, and they would love to speak into you and love for you to speak into them again, and you need to reconnect with them. If you don't plan to do it, it's never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. I'll tell you a real quick story. We always talk about mining. Perry and Pam's relationship in the very beginning because in the very beginning we traveled with Perry and, and sang and, and it was amazing. But when I moved to St. Louis, Perry was here and I was there and we went for several years that we just never connected. And one day I was talking to my friend Jim Bolin and I said, you know, I need to talk to Perry. He said, I've got a cell phone number. And he gave, Jim Bolin gave me Perry's cell phone number and I called Perry and Perry came to my church and preached and we have been just like that ever since. I needed to connect with Perry. If I had not have reconnected with Perry, I wouldn't be here tonight. None of this would be happening. You, there are some people that you are divinely connected to, but you gotta reconnect to them. 
I mean, that was, a, that was a divine appointment. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, you need to do that. And I reached out to him and, and we just, I mean, it just, we just picked right up where we left off and we haven't stopped since. And we're still on big adventures, even to this day. Big adventures. Some we can't even tell you about. Good stuff, good stuff, all good stuff. Some of you need to create some personal goals for better health. Stop eating some of the things you're eating. Start eating things you're not eating. Start walking, start exercising, start stretching. Do you know that if you stretch every day, you can add 10 years to your life? 15 minutes a day of stretching can medically proven add 10 years to your life. Some of you need to start stretching today. <laughs> I realize stretch looks different for some people. I can still touch my toes, but if you can't, just, just touch your belly or your knees. Whatever you can still touch, just touch it. Amen. When's the last time you read a book that helped you? Some of you need to read a book. Some of you need to, to just change your expectation. The Bible says, seek and you shall find. Ask and it shall be given. Knock and the door shall be opened. Part of what you need to change is your expectation. If you're not expecting anything, then nothing's coming your way. You have to change your expectation. So that's your plan, all right? I told you five things. Let me do this quickly. The first one is your, is your picture. The next one is your plan. The next one is your people list. I talked about that a few minutes ago. There are relationships that are too strategic in your life. Now, I'm not talking about people that you used to know like I was earlier. There are people in your life that you're not investing enough time in. There are people that that you need to be sharpening them as iron sharpens iron. And we have to make time to hang out. We have to make time to do things. There are some priority relationships in your life that are never going to happen without a plan. They're never going to happen without a date. They're never going to happen unless it gets on the calendar every week. Do you know the, the only people that have a real rich prayer life are the people who have scheduled God in? The people who have God scheduled in pray the same time every day. The people who don't have God scheduled in pray when they can. And there's a big difference from just praying when I can and praying because it's scheduled in. There are some relationships in your life that you need to invest in. Here's the next thing, and everybody in this room needs this. This is probably the most important out of all the five, and that's promises. What word are you carrying in you right now? What word are you carrying in you? What scripture are you holding on to and walking out and living? I want to see the hand of every word-carrying believer. Dr. B, I've got one I quote every day. It's inside of me. It's my, it's my verse. I'm walking it out. You have to have promises. Maybe you need to start speaking over your health. Maybe you need to start speaking over your relationships. You know, I, I have so many verses in my life right now, and I start my day quoting them. I mean, every day when my eyes wake up, before I even cough or, or say amen, before I do anything, I say, may the Lord bless and keep you. I speak over my family first, and I speak over ministries. I sit on the edge of my bed. I make the sign of the shin, as the high priest used to make. And I say, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. That's the first words that ever come out of my mouth every day. And then I say, God, I claim Isaiah 
24 and 13 over my children. You know what that says? My children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of my children. That's a verse. I want God to teach them things I can't teach them, things I didn't know to teach them, but I want my kids to sit in the classroom of the Almighty all of the days of their life. I quote that verse over them every day. You need promises. You need something to lean upon. Do you know what a word-carrying believer is like? It's like wearing a life jacket in the sea. It is like something that holds you up. It's like a compass in your hand. When you lose your way, I want to see the, a witness in the room of somebody that said, I lost my way, but I had my word. And every time I'd quote the word, I'd just take one step in the right direction. I didn't know how it was going to end. I didn't know how I was going to get there. I didn't know how God was going to come through. But I stood on the word and I claimed the word and I walked the word and it took me all the way through. Anybody tonight say, I got to the other end and he was a lamp to my feet and a light to my path the whole way. That's what the word of God can do. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com, or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. I was in El Salvador one time leading a group of 72 people. Don't ever try that. I said I'd never do it again. That's too many people to have in El Salvador one, on one mission trip. We were doing five simultaneous projects at the same time, and I thought I was going to lose my mind. I really did. So we couldn't get them fed. We couldn't find enough beds. We, the buses couldn't get them to where we needed to go. They were broken down. I mean, it was just it's a lot of people. It sounded good when they all started signing up and paying for the mission trip, but once we got there, it was a logistical nightmare. And then we, we got the project stomach in the middle of this. I said, Lord, I, I don't know if I'm going to last. I've got, they're hurling these questions at me right and left. Everybody's weary and complaining. We can't get enough building material. We can't, everything we thought was going to be waiting on us is not waiting on us. We were digging our sand out of the side of the river and sifting it because we couldn't, we couldn't build cement walls without sand. And so we were going down the river and digging it out with an old truck and shovels. I mean, that's how we were getting it. It's the only way to get it. And so I was just so weary. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, calm your spirit. Let me walk you through it. He started giving me a scripture every day. And I'm telling I'm telling you guys, we were there for two weeks. He would give me a scripture every day, and I'd walk up that scripture. I'd, one day, he told me to bring everybody together and do foot washing. That's not what you want to do in El Salvador. Everybody's filthy. But we did. I don't mean the people in El Salvador. I mean the people on my mission trip were filthy. We had one bathroom, and I won't even tell you the rules that were on the door of that bathroom. But uh, I want to, we, we didn't get showers every day. We, didn't, we weren't the cleanest people in the world, but we got a lot of work done for the Lord. And the Lord said, I want you to have a foot washing, and we did it dirty feet and all and it broke a bond. We were in the middle of a communion one day. The Lord said, I want you to bring the, you, you gotta unify them with communion. I'm just doing whatever he tells me. I mean, none of, it, none of it's even making sense to me. Lord, I can't feed them and you want me to serve them the communion? We were, we were having communion. Everybody was complaining. We were having communion and in the middle of that communion, they brought a little girl to us who had been found after the war. Her parents had 
buried her under the leaves and told her not to get up until they come to get her and they both got killed. They found this little girl infested in worms and her canine teeth had grown up into her sinus cavities and she had been bleeding so long out her nose they thought she was gonna die and the people who found her brought her to us. We were a group of disgruntled Americans in El Salvador and I couldn't even get them to agree on lunch and God brings us this desperate case but I want to tell you the Lord said I want you to serve communion we were serving communion as we drunk from the cup of the Lord they came in with this little girl and I saw the hearts of all those 72 Americans break down we had a judge on that trip we had a lawyer on that trip we had a doctor on that trip and all of a sudden they all went into action full swing. The next thing I know, they're getting a passport and they're going to send this girl to the United States to have a surgery and everything changed. But let me tell you, this is how the story ends. That They had to send her to an oral surgeon because they had to have x-rays to send to Kansas City, Missouri, where she was going to get her surgery. And the next day we came in from the work site, the little girl went to get her x-rays and we were met by a dentist who was jumping up and down at the gate, holding this manila this vanilla folder in his hand. And he said, here's the x-ray from yesterday. Her canine teeth were in her cavities, in her sinus cavity. She was bleeding. Here are the x-rays from today. She needs no surgery. Somebody has already removed the teeth. We saw a miracle because we stood on the word of God. It changed everything. And all I was doing was say, God, guide me through. Give me a verse. I'm hanging on to a verse. Guide me through. There are verses I pray over you every day. Perry, there is a verse I've been praying over you for two years. And I pray it every single day. I'm without fail, I pray for you a lot. But there is a verse that I quote over you every single day of my life. I have an altar at my house. I want to tell you, the last thing you need is a prayer list. So let me just go ahead and get there. Out in my house, I have an upstairs office and I have an altar in that office and every person that's ever given me a picture or a prayer request is still on that altar. Some of them are 20 years old. I've never thrown any of it away. The box is getting bigger and I lay on that altar and I travail before those needs before the Lord. I haven't even gone into that in a long time. I don't even know whose prayer requests have been answered. It doesn't matter to me. I'm still praying for those people who put their trust in my prayers. But I have another altar where I go to do business. I have an altar out in the woods and you would think this altar was the weirdest looking altar in the world. As a matter of fact, my little granddaughters wanted to go there and pray. They said, what is this in the woods, Papa? And I said, that's my altar. And they said, that doesn't look like any altar I've ever seen. But I got one little six-year-old, Nora, who's very spiritual. And Nora said, well, I want to pray at Papa's altar. Boy, she prayed. Now all the rest of them had to pray after she prayed. We had a little prayer meeting. But if you saw this altar, it'd be the weirdest altar you've ever seen. It's got a hammer laying on it. And it's got 12 stones from where I got called to preach laying on it. And it's got a broken bow laying on it. It's got several broken arrows with scriptures written on it laying on it because the Lord said, I want you to bring signs and symbols and put your faith before me. These are my capstones. And I go to the altar and I say, grace, 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 God. You do what man can't do. Make it happen in your time. The fifth thing you need is a prayer list. If you don't have one, 
don't go to bed tonight without starting it. You need a prayer list that you pray over. So let me, let me hit you up with those one more time so you won't forget them, okay? So real quick, the five things God is creating this new year, but you need to create these things, a picture. God, what do I need to see differently? A plan. Who do I need to talk to? What letters do I need to write? Places I need to go. Dreams that I want. Goals in my life to make me better. Books I need to read. A people list. People that I need to spend more time with. People that I need to invest more of my time with. Promises. What scriptures are you claiming? And then finally, your prayer list. Those five things you need to be creating right now to give you the best year you've ever had. All right, let's go to the last half. The last half is this. First things first. Let's go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light that it was good. Now I want you to notice how many times God uses the word divide. God divided the light from the darkness. He divided, it's got to be separate. It cannot coexist. He divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And so the evening and the morning were the first day. Go down to verse 14. Then God said, let the lights in the firmament of the heavens be there to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for years. The verse I read to you earlier, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and it was so. Now I want you to see something. There is a distinct separation from heaven and earth. There's a distinct separation from light and darkness. There's a distinct separation from day and night. There's a God divided the darkness from the light. God divided the day from the night. And God divided the heaven from the earth with, with an invisible barrier that we now call the ozone layer, the, 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 this, the uh, entering the earth's atmosphere, we call it. But it's an invisible layer. We fly through it all the time. And it's burned up a few ships because we don't understand how it's made. It's like God put this invisible layer that he called a firmament around the earth that contains our oxygen levels, contains our, our, our everything that we need to breathe. God put that there to separate our heaven from our earth. When we enter the millennial reign of Christ, the moon is going to have the light of the sun now. Think about that. The moon will have the light of the sun, and the sun will be seven times brighter than it is now. That's why we have to have glorified bodies to see all that, right? The moon will have the light of the sun. What did he just do away with in the millennial reign? He almost dis dispelled all darkness, even when you wrote, even in a day and a night. That's why everything starts growing. That's why humans start living to be, to, to long, long, longevity again. That's why everything starts changing in the millennial reign of Christ. So when God divided these things, he was giving us a principle that the spiritual things in your life must take priority over the unspiritual things. The Bible says that in the last days, men will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. 
that we will live for pleasure because it relaxes us, it excites us, it, 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 it helps us to keep going. But what he wants you to understand is that those who are lovers of God, that the presence of God can do the very same things. There's joy in the presence of God. There's peace in the presence of God. There's strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. There's strength in the presence of God. So what God is saying is that we must seek first, and I want everyone to evaluate this in your own life. Listen to this. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else is going to be added to you. There has to be a distinction. What's first, light or darkness? There has to be a difference. We have to live on this earth, but we're also living in a heavenly realm. Heaven and earth have got to be different. Don't let the earth take over your heavenly assignment. You need both. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.